Good morning, New City Church. Welcome to our online gathering. My name is Lynette, and I'll be your service host for today. We're so excited that you have invited us into your home and wherever you're watching from today. So we are glad to be part of a church and that we can gather together, stay connected. Um, if you are new or if you are visiting one of our gatherings for the first time, we want to welcome you and to better stay connected. Uh, we would love that you would text the word new to the number on the screen. And that is just a way that we can connect with you and get to know who you are. Um, also for you to get information from us. Uh, if you are part of New City, but you haven't been getting emails or updates from us, we also would ask you to text the same word, new, to that number on the screen. You can also find uh, all this information and the announcements in the notes section um, on your screen today. So if you click in there, it'll all be in there for you. Um, just a few things. We are going to continue to gather online for this period of time. Uh, we are just thankful for the technology that we can stay connected. And we have a schedule of what's coming this week. So uh, Monday night, tomorrow night, we are going to be meeting online through uh, Zoom. And we are going to be praying together. We're going to have prayer from 7 to 8. It will be live. And um, we have instructions how to do that. We want to make sure that we are praying as a community for our community during this time. So please join us there. There are other online gatherings that are going to happen throughout the week. And um, we have published that schedule for you, um, for you to click on those links and join us live uh, through, those, through those times. Um, also, we want to make sure that we are helping anyone who needs help. So a couple of things. We have put together a volunteer response team. If you want to be part of that and say, hey, I can help, whether it's uh, remotely by helping us organize uh, needs and requests, or if you are saying, hey, I have things to share or I can go out and uh, do deliveries and things like that, we want, we want to put that team together. Uh, second, if you or anyone you know or have um, contact with needs anything, we also want to be a resource and be practically uh, helping. It's so important during this time to continue to pray, but also to act. And so we want to be good news to our neighbors and to our city at this time. So um, please look for the specifics on how to be part of that. Um, and we want you to be part of that as much as you can. So uh, this morning we are going to worship together and we are going to hear an amazing word. So let's pray. And we are going to begin. Jesus, we thank you for your faithfulness. We thank you that you are constant and you are uh, you never get worried or scared during these times. And I just pray that we would know your peace this morning as we gather together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Lynette. So I'm so glad all of you decided to join us in our first ever virtual New City gathering. So thank you for being here. For those of you who haven't had a chance to meet yet, my name is Roger Rushing, and I am one of the pastors here at New City. In just a moment, I'm going to lead you through our scripture today. We're going to be in Luke uh, in chapter 18. So if you want to go ahead and pull that up on your app or turn there in your Bibles, and as you do, I just want to take a moment to address our students, our middle schoolers, and our high schoolers, and let you guys know a little bit about what's going on uh, for and with you guys over the next few weeks. So as you know, our regular pattern is to meet at 5 o'clock here at New City for our Revive service. And that's going to change up a little bit. So we aren't going to be doing those meetings in person for a little while, but it doesn't mean that we aren't going to have Revive. So we too are going to be meeting virtually, and we're going to be using that tool, the Zoom, the Zoom meetings tool. So if you don't have that app, I encourage you to talk to your parents and ask them about uh, downloading that app onto your phone or a computer or both so that you can join us for those gatherings, 
for the five o'clock revive gathering as well as some other things that are going to be coming down. So I know that uh, as we get into this time, things are changing, things are a little bit different, there's a lot of uncertainty, and I just want to remind you, even as we're hearing these words like isolation or social distancing, it's good for us to be wise in the way that re we react to this, but I also just want to remind you that you're not alone. We're together in this, and we're going to come through this together, and so I just want to encourage you to, to look for ways to connect and to reach out. Also, we've been talking a lot about what it means to be good news and this call to be good news to the world around us. During this time, that call doesn't go away. If anything, it's only amplified. As we're in this uncertain world and there's all this anxiety taking place around us, we are called to enter into that and to be good news in the midst of that. So we're gonna keep answering that call. We're gonna talk about ways that we can be good news to and with our family, to our neighbors, uh, to our communities, and to one another. And so I encourage you to just continue on with that and, and to join me in doing that. So the call doesn't go away, we just have to find new creative ways to answer it. The good news is you guys are some of the most creative people I know. So uh, rest assured, your adult sponsors, we've put together a plan, we've got some things coming down the pipe, uh, but I also wanna hear from you. If you have questions or concerns, and especially if you have those creative ideas about how we can stay connected and how we can be good news in the midst of this, go ahead and reach out to me. Feel free to call or text. If you're not sure how to get in touch with me, you can always email me at roger at newcityabq.org. I'd love to hear from you, and I really look forward to meeting with you and being with you uh, virtually tonight at Revive at 5 o'clock here on the interwebs. So this time we're going to go ahead and look at our scripture. We are in Luke chapter 18, beginning in verse 1 and reading through verse 8. So join me in reading that scripture now. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who, was, who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, hear what the, what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I just can take it in 
that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul my savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home what joy shall fill my heart then I shall bow in humble adoration and there proclaim my God how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou art how great thou art then sings my soul my Savior God to thee how great thou New City, uh, glad that you're joining us virtually today. I tell you what, this week has felt like a very long year, hasn't it? In fact, the last two days have kind of felt like a decade <laughs> has passed or two. Uh, so much is happening all at one time. Uh, it seems very even difficult for me to imagine that we just had a really big event on Monday uh, this last week. We had a pre-commitment night for our Be Good News initiative. And if you're new to New City or visiting us online today, uh, you can go to begoodnews.church as a website, and you can find out all that's going on with us at New City. Uh, but Monday was our big event, and we've been calling New City Church to be good news for people in the city with our lives during this season. And it's been really fun to watch how the church has been responding uh, to the, the call to, to be good news. Uh, a part of our Be Good News initiative was a generosity piece that we are um, in the works of, built, of buying a new space, and there's some things going on related to that. And so if, you're, if that's new to you, or this is kind of inside baseball, um, this is as close to baseball you're going to get right now, I think. And so we'll just kind of press on uh, with a couple of announcements. One is we had this event, and 100% of our leadership team uh, committed at this event. And uh, I, I was blown away, honestly, I had to take a seat and uh, just soak it in. But... Uh, the second point is that the average increase in gift to the Be Good News initiative was 74% increase. Unbelievable. Uh, I was blown away by the faithfulness of New City Church. And so that all happened on Monday, and then you know what happened the rest of the week, and so a lot of the things have been going on. And I just want to say to those of you who are introverts and you've been wanting that sort of greet and meet time uh, in church services to go away, and I know you've been praying it away, uh, you can stop praying now. <laughs> so uh, we're not having any of that today. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you've been praying really hard about this, maybe you've been praying too hard, okay? Uh, seriously, though, we are in a time of, you know, seriousness. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty in the air. And it was by God's providence that this text was, was already the text that we were going to preach on uh, today. Because in this text, we, we learn that we can, we can trust God. Uh, he is, he is a, a certainty in all of the uncertainty. 
Uh, when you look at Luke chapter 18, verse 1, it, it reads this way. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always to pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, give me justice against my adversary. So the setup for this parable is a widow who has uh, no rights in her context, uh, who has no family to advocate for her, apparently no money to bribe a judge. And you have a judge who's indifferent to her plight, indifferent to her story. And Jesus is going to show that in this parable that she's going to be persistent and pressing in to this unrighteous judge. And he will, of course, uh, give her the judgment she needs because uh, he doesn't want to be beaten up anymore by her constant coming after him. And the comparison here is that we know that God's not like that, uh, that he's loving and he's good, he's generous, he's kind, he's trustworthy, and we can go to him in our own plight, our own stories, and know that he will answer our prayers. In fact, prayer in this parable is an antidote to our disenchanted faith. Uh, it's an antidote to the, to the discouragement we sometimes feel in life. Uh, I want to hang on that verse 18.1 uh, in, in, in Luke uh, verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 1. And he told them a parable to the effect, and listen to these words, that they ought to always to pray and not lose heart. Uh, they, they shouldn't be discouraged or lose heart or grow apathetic towards the issues surrounding them, but they should be prayerful. You see, the parable is questioning you and me. It's asking us the question, do you believe that God is good and that God is just? Uh, when you see kind of the, the, the sort of the evaluation of the parable, sort of the parable explained a little bit by Jesus in verses 7 and 8, he says, will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Isn't he so much better than this unrighteous judge who doesn't fear God or uh, love humanity? Will he delay long over them? Uh, in verse 7, again and now in Luke 18, 8, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith, faith on the earth? This comes in the context of Jesus' art, you know, teaching that he had already given about prayer. And Jesus taught us to pray by, by leaning into his goodness, by leaning into his justice, by leaning into his mercy. And in Luke 11, kind of Luke's recording of the Lord's Prayer, it reads this way. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. Now, Joel Green in his commentary says, we need to see what's happening in Luke 11, this sort of prayer leaning into the justice and mercy of God. Uh, and we have got to see it in, in the context of this widow's prayer in our passage in Luke 18. He says, they were advised, the disciples, to pray for the coming of the kingdom because Jesus' positions, or because Jesus positions this widow as an archetype. The idea of prayer for the full realization of God's project is now expanded so as to signify also uh, the active, active quest of justice. Now here's a key line in uh, this quote. It says, Praying and crying to God against injustices describes the whole life of believers, their efforts, their protests against injustice. Uh, that the very discipline of Christianity is to pray, but also to pray against injustice in the world. And this widow is an archetype of that kind of prayer. So on Monday night, from 7 to 8 p.m., we're going to gather virtually using Zoom as a technology uh, to pray. 
and love for you to join us for that prayer time. Seven to eight is a convenient time to be at home uh, and to log online and to pray with your church and to pray boldly. We will pray with confidence to God because we know we have not lost heart. We have nothing to lose heart over. First John 5.14 says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and we believe that God hears us and he hears us right now as we pray. And so together, as we gather, uh, we're going to pray, and we're going to pray boldly, and we're going to ask God uh, passionately uh, to show up in this very uncertain time. And I think we should trust God with our prayers, and we should passionately pray against injustice. Uh, Listen to how this widow is portrayed in verses 3, 4, and 5. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. Uh, For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. See, Jesus uses this widow in this parable because she is a symbol of God's unique affection for the most vulnerable in society. In, In James 1.27, the Bible says that that pure Christianity, authentic Christianity, is the kind of Christianity that looks after orphans and widows. And we are to see ourselves, I think, a little bit in the story of this widow. Uh, We are to see ourselves in the helplessness of the widow in the same way we are to see ourselves in the helplessness of Israel before the Exodus. Uh, We see in uh, Luke 18, 7, the scripture reads, And will not God give justice to his elect? This is in the parable. He's saying, don't you see this unrighteous judge finally responding to his widow after constant nagging? Don't you know that God is so much different than an unrighteous judge and that he loves you and that you belong to him? Uh, We're to see ourselves consistently in the biblical narrative as identifying with those who have been rescued, like in the Exodus. Uh, When you listen to Exodus 22, 21, you'll see the the Bible reads this way, "You (laughs) you shall not wrong a sojourner or oppress him, for you are sojourners in the land of Egypt. In other words, Don't you remember what it was like to be a slave in Egypt and how God miraculously rescued you? For Christians, we remember what it was like to be a slave to sin and how God rescued us. In fact, God's provision to us in our helplessness informs our provision for others and their helplessness. In Leviticus 23, 22, God gives instruction to the people of God to not glean their entire uh, crop. In fact, the Bible reads, when you reap the harvest of your land, you should not reap your field right to its edges. Nor shall you gather the gleanings after your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. In other words, uh, you are to care for the most vulnerable society because you were once vulnerable. Uh, You were once slaves in Egypt. And we were vulnerable because of sin and the brokenness of this world. But God has rescued us and given us the promise of resurrection. Which is why we respond to 1 John 4.19. We love because he first loved us. And when we recognize the love that God has given us, boy, it pours out of us. His love is displayed in our everyday living. You see, in this passage, one of the things that we're seeing here is that prayer is one of the primary ways that God activates our hearts, inspires us to love and to seek justice. Listen again to Luke 18.1. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray, listen, and not lose heart. <sighs> to lose heart, Joel Green says, is to, is to, grow, is, is to grow lazy, uh, apathetic, uh, is, to, uh, is, is to come to a place where you just stop expecting 
God to show up in miraculous ways. Those of us who embrace prayer as a discipline know that God answers prayers, that he, uh, he responds to our prayers, and that real change happens in our life because we pray, and so we aren't going to lose heart. See, I think there is an unrelenting quality to the self-sacrificial love of authentic Christianity because we are always expecting God to show up. And what happens in this text is this widow is, is just shown as this unrelenting force, just praying for justice, seeking justice, actively wanting and longing for justice, and we're to identify with that widow. Authentic faith is being contrasted in this parable with apathetic and self-centered thinking, the kind of thinking possessed by the judge. You see it in verse 2. In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. In other words, the neglect of a widow in her distress is entirely consistent with one who has neither fear of God nor regard for humanity. See, authentic Christianity can be identified by her unique love for the most vulnerable society. In fact, throughout history, Christians have thrived during plagues and health epidemics. It, it was one of those kind of like, as the news was unfolding for me, it was one of those moments where you just start revisiting pages that you've read in, in the past. And I kept thinking through all of the history that I've read about Christianity. And it, it's just one of, those, one of those sort of high watermarks of Christianity is when, is when tragedy strikes. Uh, you see uh, Christians showing up in unique ways. And I came across Rodney Stark's book, The Triumph of Christianity, just sort of in my mind's eye. And I went back to it and I started reading it again. In fact, there's a section of the book where he talks about our faith in the plagues. And in, in that section, he, he writes this. But Christians claim to have answers. Most of all, they took appropriate actions. As for answers, Christians believe that death was not the end and that life was a time of testing. As for action, Christians met the obligations to care for the sick rather than desert them and thereby saved enormous numbers of lives. What went on during the epidemics was only an intensification, he says, of what went on every day among Christians, because there were communities of mercy. In Christian community, mercy was so evident that in the 4th century, when the emperor Julian attempted to restore paganism, he exhorted the pagan priesthood to, com to compete with Christian charities. One of the reasons that Christianity grew uh, was because their survival rates were higher because they cared for one another. Another reason that Christianity grew during the times of plagues is because uh, their sacrificial love was winsome to the world. See, throughout human history, as the times became darker, the light of Christianity became brighter. Christians offer certainty in uncertain times. Uh, Christians offer a faith that brings peace to moments of anxiety and stress. And when things are at their worst, well, Christianity is at its best. You know, for a Christian, the worst thing that could happen to you is the best thing that could happen to you. And so we don't walk in fear, and we don't walk in anxiety. We walk courageously and boldly. That new city, we've said from the, for a very long time here, that we are an imperfect people, being courageous, believing in the power of Jesus to make all things new. And the question this parable is raising uh, is a really powerful question for me and you. It's what kind of faith do you have? Uh, that's uh, sort of my way of sort of seeing Luke chapter 18, verse 8. Jesus says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Uh, what kind of faith, I think, is the big idea here. What kind of faith will he find? 
See, do you believe that Jesus is at work making all things new? Do you believe Revelation 21, 5? And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. Well, it's, it's sometimes more difficult to believe that than other times. And we're in one of those times where it's hard to believe. Uh, it, it, faith is being stretched. And when life becomes uncertain, we are tempted to ask, where is God in all of this? I want to give you some insight. Uh, you will not be able to see anything with any kind of clarity anyway until you begin to see everything from the viewpoint of the cross. We need to be able to, 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 to take a step back and see everything that's going on in our world from the viewpoint, the vantage point of the cross of Christ. Because when you see the cross of Christ, is what you see. On the cross, Jesus suffered to end all suffering. On the cross, you see, Jesus was the victim of injustice in order to justify you and me. But the cross isn't the whole story. There's also resurrection. And at the, re at the resurrection, we see Jesus overcame sin and suffering. Uh, we see at the resurrection, Jesus began his renewal work. At the resurrection, we see that Jesus is a conqueror over sin and death and the coronavirus and COVID-19. I mean, all the things that are stressing us out right now, Jesus is a conqueror of all those things. We stand with him as more than conquerors. Everything that is undoing the world because of sin is being undone because of Jesus. And we have complete faith in that. So what do we do in this time? How do we respond to this unique moment in our life? Well, one thing we can do is we can pray. And I really do hope that you'll join us on Monday night to pray. Uh, but we can also be generous. Because God's been generous to us. He's been so radically generous to us. And when we see ourselves as that widow desperately pleading to God, and we see him answering our prayers, we understand that he is one who provides and always consistently provides. We have certainty in our walk with God, and we need to be sharing that certainty with others in our generosity. I want to encourage you to continue on the mission that we've been on and to be good news. Uh, there have been so many good news stories that have been shared at New City as of late, and I, and I want to encourage you with one final story. Uh, th this story was obviously recorded before school shut down and before the COVID-19 reality became, you know, really real for us. Uh, but this, the story is right in line with where we've been stepping as a church. And I, I really hope that you will be actively looking for ways not only to pray, not only to be generous, but just to be, to be that good news presence in our city. Uh, there are so many bad news headlines right now around us. And if you're tuning in from somewhere outside of our city, I mean, you think about all the bad news headlines in your own community and around the world right now because of COVID-19. And just think about what is the good news story that God's asking you to publish? What is the good news story that he wants you to tell with your life during this particular time? So I hope that you'll find this video encouraging, and I hope you'll find it uh, empowering. After the video, I want you to stay, stay tuned because Amanda's going to come up and tell you what's going on with our children's ministry and how we're engaging children in this particular time. All right, God bless. My name is Jonathan Smith, and I've been an elementary teacher for 15 years. So throughout my teaching career, I've been called a lot of different names. This year, it's been Smithers or Smithereens. And two weeks ago, I had a student who was living in the home with a parent who was in a physically abusive relationship. She called the police on her mother's boyfriend and essentially was sent to live with her father. Her father was trying really hard to make 
ends meet and just couldn't afford to buy things like the new clothes. After a few days of her living with her father, she came in to the classroom. And so she was very upset, crying, emotional, and shared that she was fearful of what was to come, not just about the future or what was to come with her family, but also with, you know, the fear of what if the kids around me find out that I've been wearing the same clothes for uh, three or four days. When I heard about her physical needs and her fears, the first group I thought of was uh, my community group. Upon sharing the information with the community group, within about an hour, uh, there was over $300 in a PayPal account, and my wife and family and I were heading to the store to purchase clothing and other items just for these kids. Her reaction was uh, just almost immediate gratefulness and thankfulness that people would reach out to her and people would care about her story and care about her little brother and her. To me, be good news means that you can take a student um, who's living through situations that she should never be put in and have her fearful that her physical needs won't be met. And being able to call on a community group who's been touched by God in a way that they would immediately be willing to put forth resources to just show this little girl and her brother a little bit of hope. To be good news is just to understand that we're loved by God and that because we're loved by God, we can throw that love out there uh, to reach others, even if we've never met them.
and I am the director of children's ministry here. We are trusting in the power of Jesus to give every child in our community their own made new story and parents you have an important role with that. We want to partner with you so we are providing some resources. If you'll go to the notes portion of the feed you'll see a link there. You can also find this link on our website and on our app and if you follow that link it will take you to a folder of resources. In that resource folder, I want to encourage you to download our parent leader guide. That leader guide is going to walk you through a family worship time. We hope you, that you find that useful this morning. I also want to let you know about something else that we are doing this week. On Tuesday evening from 7 to 8, we are going to be having a webinar. 
In this webinar, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about where we're at and as parents, how we can walk through that with our children. New City, please stay tuned to our social media as well as our website. There you'll find some ongoing information about how together we can be good news in our community. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to drop them in the chat area and we will connect with you there. New City, this is a great time for us to lead in being good news. So I want to encourage you to go out into your community and lead with the love of Christ.